The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Look at us back again with you on a Tuesday, a short version of WTMJ Nights, so we will try to jam as much as we can into the hour. Always hope you get involved, 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. If you call in, you'll be talking to Tommy. Oh, we revealed some shocking news about Tommy last night. So while he's here, be nice to him, and you'll get to me. And if you are texting in, why not start with the text question of the night? Wouldn't that be fun? Text question of the night, I don't know if you know, but today is Teacher Appreciation Day. Who was your favorite teacher? and why so today is teacher appreciation day who is your who was or maybe is your favorite teacher and why 855-616-1620 that's how you share the news with us tommy uh any other problems last night after we separated at nine o'clock everything else go okay nope dave ramsey went all according to plan we were good from nine to all midnight right, good if you missed last night, oh man, it was uh, it was quite a, fr- a fun time, uh, especially that few minutes right before eight o'clock and the few minutes right after eight o'clock. So, but uh, we are here tonight. The uh, of course the Brewers taking on the Colorado Rockies. Coverage starts at seven o five right here on WTMJ. So we'll be uh, getting ready for that. Tommy, did you have a favorite teacher when you were a young lad, Ooh, or maybe in college? I, I had quite a few that I would say were up there. Big shout outs to Miss Golden, Miss Pat, Mr. Molzon, and then favorite teacher in college or professor, uh, Dr. Lyons. I think those are wow. those are the ones I'll go for. That was a pretty that that came off your uh, lips pretty quick. A lot of times I'll ask you a question and you're and you're like, well, give me a second to think of it. That way you didn't have to think. You hold these people in high esteem, which is nice. I, yeah, and favorite person who's a teacher that I never had as a teacher, Brian Noonan. Oh, that's it. Uh, Thank you. That's very nice. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but uh, uh, you, you might not want to be in my class. I'm not messing. I don't mess around too much. Time. I, I, I can imagine know. you're really tough on the first graders. I, I get well. It. I, I'm not. I wouldn't say. I'm, I would say I'm consistent in my expectations. I also do make them laugh at least once a day. So yeah, that's kind of a that's a mini goal, right? Yeah, I want to do something. I want them to know that they can come to me and ask me questions and trust me and that I care how they do in school and I care about them. But I also would need them to know that they can't act the fool in oh, class. Sure. You know, yes. he, there's there's a line and you can't cross it. And when we do, then we figure out what the appropriate uh, consequence is and we move on from there. Got to take care of uh, business when you got to take care of business. Listen. If we don't train these kids in first grade, they turn into fifth graders who are psychopaths. Yes. Then they go to high school and they're uh, reprobates. So, no, I, we're, we're laying the foundation in first grade. Absolutely. So, I'm. Uh, it, it, speaking, I had the biggest crush on my first grade teacher, Mrs. Groskoff. Um, she's long past. So, I can say this without, I think, any fear of retribution. But uh, yeah, I had a huge crush on her when I was in school. Um, then Mrs. O'Brien was a great teacher. She was my seventh grade teacher. Really, uh, really cared about her. Knew her family too, and and stuff like that. Then in high school, um, Mr. Chandler was uh, was one of my favorites. And I'm trying to remember in college uh, there was one professor, Dave Campbell, who was really 
really cool and got to know him. And so that was, that was fun. But I, I feel bad for my teachers now because I was not, I was the kid who didn't live up to his potential. I don't know if any of you had that uh, every time your parents went to a conference that I, I was not living up to my potential. And I, I guess I never thought to ask, well, what if I am though? What if, <laughs> what if, what if you have uh, illusions of grandeur when it comes to me and my academic life? Yeah, I was, I, was I, the, may, I was the one that never shut up. So I, I got oh, all those all the time as well too. I never, I, I enjoyed uh, keeping my friends entertained. Oh yeah. yeah, I can see that. So, yeah, so that was uh, that was that was it. I just uh, you know whatever. Um, wow, from the two six two getting deep. My favorite teacher is life. It offers much joy and equally sorrow. Each lesson is difficult for different reasons, but it forces us to grow and be better human beings to each other. I'm not going to disagree with anything you just said, two six two texter. Uh, I was trying to keep it in the realm of the traditional educational environment, but I like that you took it to a more philosophical plane. That's that's very nice. Uh, again, the text question of the night today is Teacher Appreciation Day. Who was your favorite teacher and why? 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talking text line. This is very exciting news. Wisconsin coming in in the top 10 in a, uh, a new poll. U.S. News & World Report rated all the states. Wisconsin ranks 8th out of 50. Not too shabby. Top 10, not too bad. Utah was number 1. Washington was number 2. Um, Iowa was number 7. Minnesota was number 5. But Illinois, 36. Woohoo! Way to, way to hang tight, Illinois. Oh, my goodness. They, um, they went on... Categories that included healthcare, education, economy. There were eight total, eight total categories. Wisconsin ranked twelfth in healthcare, sixth in education, twenty-second on the economy, twenty-seventh for infrastructure, eighth for opportunity, seventh for fiscal stability, twenty-fifth for crime and corrections, and twenty-ninth for natural environment. So there we go. Congratulations. And naturally, Wisconsin. that averages to eight. It, it comes out, well, when you average it across the 50 states and where they land, that score got got Wisconsin eighth place. All right, yeah. Utah, but whoa. You, you ever been to Utah? I have almost zero interest in going to Utah because if I wanted to see the mountains, I would go to Colorado, and if I wanted to have no fun, I would just stay at my house. <laughs> wow. Coming in hot on Utah. Let me say, the uh, the only time I've driven through Utah, the southern part of Utah, and the landscape there is insane. I, I had a Salt Lake City layover, and it is very cool. Utah kind of looks like the moon. That's I was just going to say the moon. Yeah. It has a lunar feel, yes. and it's really wild. I, I understand completely flying over it, and it, it's very mountainous and... You know, there's ups and downs all over the place, but it's also at the same time, it feels very flat. Um, not just a singular landscape in that way. It's like yeah, only well, there that's that's the landscape. That's it's like driving through the desert, but you've got all these wild uh, outcroppings of stone and everything yes, else. Yes, but it's you know, it's a nice gateway if you're coming back. Like I drew, I drove from California back and this was the northern route so i went up through nevada uh and across utah into colorado 
And man, I was amazed at the geography out there. Now, would it be something that I'd want to spend more than a couple days wandering about? Probably not. Uh, and yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go hang out at uh, Brigham Young. It gives like a stalagmite vibe to it all yes. around. Uh, and you can't hang around at Brigham Young. There's, there's nothing going on there. No, what am I going to do? Go out and wish I had a drink? Right. Yeah, happen. you can't drink there. Can't drink basically I think you, anywhere. I in think Utah. you can. I think there are there are bars, but they're like clubs. You have to be a, a member, and you can go in. But I don't think it's I don't think it's full full force alcohol. I, I thought it was I dry campus. I well, yeah, of course the campus is. Dry. It's a dry state. The whole state. It feels like it. All right. Well, we're going to check that out. I don't want. I don't want to spread disinformation. If uh, suddenly we're, you know, we're streaming all over the world, Tommy. Fair what, enough. What if Sorry. people are Sorry tuning in Utah. in Utah? They're like, man, we love the chemistry between Brian and Tommy. That WTMJ nights. That's for, what the heck are they saying? My, my bad, gonna, Utah. That is, yeah, that's that's rough. Uh, Taylor texting in about his favorite teacher, grade school, Mister Best. We used to wheel in the TV for daytime playoff games. Very nice. Middle school, Mrs. Clark. Uh, so look like Jacqueline Smith. Holy moly. I have another middle school favorite because I changed schools. I won't say her name, but she posed for Playboy. All right, I get that. That would, yeah, okay. Uh, high school was my mass media teacher, who I don't remember her name, but she challenged me into acting. Uh, taught us foreshadowing in movies, direction, lighting, and media bias. That all from Taylor. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, of course, more of your texts. If you want to chime in on Teacher Appreciation Day about who your favorite teacher was and why, if you want to share that story on the phone, we can do that too. And also, oh my goodness, your TV viewing is going to be upended. Yes. Why? Well, we'll figure it out. It's WTMJ Nights. All right, first of all, we have just been accused of not knowing much about Utah, which we pretty much admitted to. Well, not pretty much. We I admitted to knowing not much about Utah other than the beautiful scenery. Uh, it is not a dry state, Tommy. But if you're in a restaurant, you can only get liquor from 11.30 a.m. to 1 a.m., but you must have food on the table. Uh, if you're going to a bar, you can order same hours, 11.30 a.m. to 1. They don't require food, but... Uh, You'll only find 5% alcohol beer on tap. See, so I was right about that, Texter. I knew that you were getting full-strength uh, full beer. Uh, drinks of any per- any percentage are available in bottles. Uh, and if you're getting to-go beers, it, uh, all percentages are offered. So there you go. Wow. You have to have so- sounds ID. like number one state in the union, am I right? Well, if you go by all the criteria they were looking at, it must be. Listen, don't get mad. Wisconsin was top ten. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I'm just. There was there were 42 states that fared l- worse than Wisconsin. I, I'll poll. have a I'll have a top 50 list for next week. Then I guess a top a top 50 states. What are, I want to hear before you start doing that. I would love to hear what your criteria are. Uh, we'll we'll call it TWPs. Tommy Wirtz. Uh, probabilities and okay we'll we'll go top 50 it's just going to be based off vibes and the amount of alcohol you can drink in each state <laughs> all right so florida's number one nevada's number two <laughs> where's wisconsin uh, on that list we're getting yeah, close. wisconsin we'll put wisconsin at three louisiana at four 
Texas, probably, I guess, in there. Texas, California. Yeah. Yeah, if, if all you're thinking about is, uh, you know, vibes and booze, Texas, Texas, we could put it in there. Where else? Uh, you got Hawaii. Listen. Hawaii's got to be up there for vibes. Oh, sure. You yeah, because all you're doing is is partying. Right. Hawaii. Sitting back on the beach with a tiki. Now we're going to get, now we're going to get a text. You guys don't know much about Hawaii either. Well, at least <laughs> exactly. I've, I've been to Hawaii. I just, you know, I have not. I know it's beautiful. So, but I didn't go to all the islands. That makes me uh, makes me maybe you know what now I'm going to have time to do some more research on our uh, other states because TV is going to be upended. The Writers Guild went on strike at midnight this morning, and that means no mas for especially late night shows. Those are all going going dark as of tonight. So if you watch I don't know Kimmel or the Tonight Show or Colbert, those are all going dark. Saturday Night Live done. They're going dark. Um, and uh, any show that requires a lot of writers. Now, a lot of the the dramas and the sitcoms, those have all been written prior. They're all done being filmed. That's fine. So all these productions are shutting down, which is not good for the viewers, but it's also, pardon me, also really rough for the hundreds of people who work on crews, you know, all the tech people that work on these shows. But what does it mean for us, you know, as you're going down to watch your TV? If you don't remember, in 2007, there was another writer's strike. It went from 2007, it lasted 100 days. That was when we got a huge boon in reality TV shows. Big Brother, Celebrity Apprentice, shows of that ilk that they don't need to script, they can just do. Those filled the gap. Late night, get ready to see reruns, like I said, starting tonight. Uh, whether it's whatever show you watch in late night, uh, Saturday Night Live, all those shows are going to be in reruns. The, uh, the, the difference this time for us as TV consumers than in 2007 was we've got all these streaming services. So there's content everywhere to watch now, Netflix has said that they're going to uh, they're going to be able to offer new TV shows and movies for a long time because all this stuff had been produced already. Everything was written and and shot, and everything's good. Um, their CEO Ted Sarando says we really don't want this to happen, but we have to make plans for the worst. We have a pretty robust slate of releases to take us into a long time, but uh, just to be clear, we're at the table and we're going to try to get an. E equitable solution so there isn't a strike um hulu amazon prime all the other streamers have a lot of content so that's good hbo max is saying they've got new content to launch um everybody's doing this so audiences aren't really going to be affected too much you know um it's just it's just if you if, yeah jeff says james corden retired just in time not uh, soon enough, if you ask me, but that's just my opinion. You know, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so there, what, what's at issue, if you haven't been following this, one of the big issues is um, between the Writers Guild and the studios is late night shows on streaming because the writers who do, there's some late night shows on Peacock, uh, different things, they don't get the minimums. The, the pay, they don't get as many residuals. There's a lot of uh, a lot of issues there. So it'll be interesting to see 
I remember, you know, in 2000, the a- actors went on strike and all the other unions backed them and didn't cross the line. Then in 2007, like I said, the writers went on strike. And of course, nobody's going to, you know, they, those shows, all those productions are huge union shows. So nobody's going to cross. You're not going to have any of the tradespeople cross, any of the, uh, the stagecraft people cross. The actors aren't going to cross. So, you know, summer's, if it has to happen, summer's a good time for it to happen. Uh, I'm not, you know, Kimmel takes half the summer off anyway, so I'm not going to worry about uh, missing some of him. I do enjoy his show more so than the others, but, you know, what are you going to do? Are you, uh, do you even pay attention to television, Tommy? You seem like a guy who's got other fish to fry. You know, I have not watched a lot of broadcast television recently, I will say so, but I used to be a pretty big fan of Saturday Night Live. Okay. I've since kind of gone away from it over the last few years, probably before COVID even happened. So not recently been a big fan, but back when Bill Hader, Fred Armisen, Jason Sudeikis, like that era yeah. of it, like that was my that was my jam. Did you um did, speaking of Bill Hader, do you watch uh, Barry? That's his show on HBO. No, I heard you should very it. good things, but I also heard this last season is very different uh no i think the lad this it's because it is the last season it's the final season of the show i no i think it's doing great oh okay yeah yeah it's on hbo it's, you uh, said it is on hbo all right so, so you won't have to worry about it getting uh, getting bounced saturday night live is so hit and miss it drives me crazy i mean i used to and turn it off got- once the news was over that's what I. That's pretty much what I do every week. There's, right. there's been very few weeks over the last couple seasons where I'm like, you know what? It's going pretty good up to this point. We'll watch Weekend Update and then let's stick around and you know, yeah. That's what I thought usually. everyone did. Watch the opening scene, couple com- yeah. couple of the fake commercials, the news. Get out. That's it. In and out. I don't need to. I don't need to watch these crazy musical guests that I have no idea about. All right, listen. We got to do this. This show is going fast because it's really well. It's an hour. Uh, so let's do this. And it's news time on WTMJ Nights. Better than I do. On the other side of the news, one community is taking a unique step toward those unruly parents at youth sporting events. We'll talk about that and more. Right now, though, it's 6.30. We have to go to the WTMJ 24-Hour News Center. Wyatt Barmore-Pooley standing by. Baseball, the Brewers at the Colorado Rockies. Uh, one, Another quick response from our text question of the night. Today's Teacher Appreciation Day. Who is your favorite teacher and why? Uh, from the 262, Mr. Longley, ninth grade biology. My first year of parochial school, his last year before he retired, Funny, interesting, a real teacher, and after eight years of nuns, he was a revelation. There you go. All right, we're talking about Brewers baseball, but let's bring it down multiple levels. We've all gone to our kids some kind of sports game. Maybe it's not your kid, maybe it's your friend's kid, maybe it's a niece, nephew, grandchild, whatever it is. And there's a parent, used to be just dads, now it's moms too, just screaming at the umpires who are usually high school kids or the official at a soccer game or whatever, whoever the official is, these parents, man, they know better. They know what the call should have been. They're going to berate the ump. It's just going to be horrible. Well, one New Jersey town 
has had just about enough of this silliness, and they have decided to do something about it. So they have new rules to stop bad behavior by parents at kids game. They are going to make a parent who is being disruptive like that actually umpire youth games. That's right. Because refs and umpires are often volunteers, there's been an increase in resignations because people don't want to put up with this garbage. Who wants, you know, if you're 18 and you've got some man yelling, some, you know, grown man yelling at you or his wife yelling at you because you called their kid out at second base, shut up. Now, I know Wyatt uh, wants to jump in on this. Wyatt, are you a volunteer official? I was back when, like you said, in high school, I worked for San Francisco Little League. Uh, it was actually a paid job, but it was mostly, it was, uh, Pretty much all former players, mostly in high school and maybe okay. some a few college folks. And we had we it was not the same as this, but it was another pretty strict policy. If you were thrown out of a game or it got to a point where you were reported for the amount of uh, yelling and abuse towards the umpires, your kid was thrown out of the league. Wow. Like That's not, not missing a game, your kid was thrown out of the league. I never I had some issues with coaches in my time. I never ejected anybody. Um, I warned people, but never ejected. The only time I ever had an issue with a parent was a mom who uh, uh, was screaming at me for not uh, not reacting when her son was hit with uh, he got a he got a sharp ground ball off the immaculately maintained city fields right into the face. <laughs> Uh, he he got one sure. right to the face, and I had actually been reprimanded earlier in the season for calling a play dead when a kid went down uh, with a minor injury because you're supposed to let the play develop, then call time and bring coaches and parents out to make sure everybody's okay. So I let the play continue, and uh, she was not happy with that. Man, now this is a, you just were working baseball games, is that correct? Yes, I was. I've only worked baseball. My sister played soccer, so I've seen some of the uh, some of the intense behavior at the the uh, the beautiful game. I, I think you bring up a pretty good point, though, because I as well have some experience in umpiring little league baseball. All, the coaches are way worse than the parents, in my opinion. I, when it comes to complaining and getting out of line, I mean, the parents I can deal with if they don't like a strike zone that I have, whatever. It, the coaches, they will complain about everything that does not go well, their way. Coaches are mostly, and not all of them, because I actually I actually coached uh, soccer for a few years for my daughter, um, and I didn't know anything about soccer. So I that was that's the best kind of coach, somebody who just wants to coach but doesn't really know a whole lot about the game so is not going to get upset with the officials. It's like, uh, okay, well, you know, I know the rules enough. But uh, who was the who was the worst? You guys, is it was it not hands down the softball the coaches. coaches, the softball, softball coaches, coaches in particular, uh, which was a shame because all of the kids were having such a blast. Kids but, are never the problem. It's never the kids really in those oh, no, situations because the, the kids are still young enough to have respect for the officials, and even horrible coaches will tell their teams to respect the officials. Now they're not leading by example. But at least the kids aren't going to be jerks. Was it moms or dads? When it came to parents, once you got away from the coaches, was it moms or dads who were the worst? I think moms are louder. I don't think I don't think they're worse. <laughs> I just think they're louder. 
Man, oh man. Yeah, my so uh, I have uh, this is a funny sort of end to the the story that I had about the mom who was mad at me. Uh, I have two moms. I, I think I've mentioned that on air before. And the woman who yelled at me was uh, wearing a San Francisco Giants pride sweater. So my mom was not happy that uh, one of one of her fellow lesbians <laughs> betrayed the cause. <laughs> you are not representing us well. Yeah. Stop it. Oh man, that's see now I I was never a guy who would yell at the officials, but I would get worked up over my daughter's performance to the point where I was like, this is stupid. I I have to stop. I have to distance myself from this. Um, so thankfully, my daughter played water polo free, and I knew nothing about water polo, so I couldn't say anything. I just had to sit like an idiot and clap when they scored a goal, and that was the perfect way to be. I think parents. Uh, believe that acting this way, one, a lot of them are trying to live out their failed athletic dreams. Two, everybody thinks their kid is going to be a star and get a full-ride scholarship in whatever sport they're in. And three, they're like, well, we paid a lot of money for this kid to be on this travel team, and we're not going to just sit here and let their future be stolen from them by some, uh, you know, Wyatt Barmore Pooley standing out there with his uh, with his teenage... Uh, uniform on see they couldn't get after me for glasses though because i was already wearing them they couldn't tell me i needed them i also think (laughs) i also think travel ball there's if you're paying a lot of money and you're playing to be competitive there's a little bit different uh you know side to that story like maybe you probably don't get the high school umpires to call those games but when it's a rec league in a community you know relax a little bit Right, when it's Little League, shut up. Right. Your kid, you know, your kid's eight. And you know what? They may be the best eighth grade baseball player, but adolescence is coming and, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Well, and sometimes if if anybody, if you want anybody to have fun at all, you got to call some strikes after about 20 straight balls and and five walks in a row. Yeah. It's got to, anything over the plate, you got to, you got to make them swing. Right. Because that's, that's the weirdest part when they get to the the age where they're doing their own pitching, and you're like, "Oh no, this is this," because they have to have a pitcher, and yeah, the talent isn't quite there. You might get one kid who can do it, but you know, not good. Well, I'm I'm glad you guys both survived. Um, I like why that you had the ability to eject somebody, even though you never did. It's the best part of the job. Yeah, I Did you ever reject somebody, Tommy? Um, I was part of teams that did. I never personally did. <laughs> I always could take more than any other umpire cuz I would just dish it back. So, I I definitely was not your traditional umpire in the sense of take it, take it. All right, you're gone. I'll just, yeah. you know, how does it feel that you're living your life through your eighth, eight-year-old son, you know, <laughs> something like that to a coach. So, I I would always just give it back. I would get too mad. Uh, so I I realized that I shouldn't I shouldn't be ejecting somebody. Basically, it's unless they said some magic words or were really, really demonstrative in a way that I felt was like not good for the rest of the kids there. Sure. Uh, but most of the coaches, most of the interactions I had with coaches were just they wanted to they wanted me to explain what happened, whether it was a rule interpretation or a judgment call, and I would always do that. But there came a yeah. point where they needed to go back and sit down so we could. Continue the game. Yeah, I was the umpire coordinator, so I was in charge of all the umpires on top of it, so there was no one telling me what to do. 
But Did anybody ever come out and uh, kick dirt on your shoes, like they like, or come up, turn their hat around, and like, rip a base chest out, and throw it? Yeah, no, yeah. no, nothing that crazy in the Cudahy Little League. But uh. <laughs> for me, the craziest things: if the coaches came out, they were respectful, and it was a ple- it was generally a pleasant conversation, even if they okay. disagree with my call. Stuff yelled from the dugout was more uh, was more chirpy. Oh, all right. See, and I'm guessing I would I would have thought the stuff coming from the stands would have been the worst. For me, that was easier to ignore. It wasn't that much. It was just it was just sort of like almost like you hear on TV when uh, the crowd at a baseball game doesn't just doesn't like the strike call. And it's just sort of a yeah. vague grumbling. It's and that's that's okay. really what I would hear. Very nice. Well, congratulations, guys. Uh, a texter said, I was a league coordinator for U10 soccer. The only issue I had was with a coach who was harassing a ref. I pulled him aside and told him to cool it and made it clear that if he didn't, I would drop him like a bad habit. Yeah, people need to relax. Just relax. Well, this is this is happening at a place in New Jersey. I think it should happen everywhere. Anywhere you have Little League, uh, you have to. you are kicked out. You can't come back into the complex where the fields and stuff are until you have completed the training, and umped three games. Then you can come back and see your kids again. Can you come back and start complaining after that? Well, you can get thrown out again. <laughs> I, just... I, I don't know if they have a three-strike. Whoa, I, I didn't mean it to be Now a, you've a done pun. the training. You can now complain to the umpires. There yes, you now go. Now you can complain because you know what you're talking about. Once you know what you're complaining about, you can complain. Other than that, no. All right, we got a little business to take care of, so let's take care of some business. Thanks, Wyatt. Good, uh, good having you on with us, Wyatt Barmore Pooley. Of course, you'll be hearing him do the news, uh, or you hear him do the news all the time. I don't know if he's done for the night or not. But Wyatt was here. Tommy's here. I'm here. It's WTMJ night. Well, a night's poet, our poet laureate, has struck again. This time, a poem about. People who harass volunteer umps. The story we're telling about this New Jersey town that says, hey, keep yelling at the uh, at the volunteer umps that we are trying to get to work here. Sorry, you're out. Can't come back. till you go through training and you officiate three games of your own. Here is our poet for tonight, Tommy. You know we love poetry. Big, big, biggest poetry show in the city. I would dare say outside of NPR, this is the biggest poetry show on the radio. Yeah, in the state. In the state, easy. Easy. So parents who come to cheer their kids on sometimes forget the path that they're on. They're supposed to teach and educate wisely, but sometimes emotion can deviate widely. So when I was coaching, I had to often remind that the example to set was better to be kind. So instead of criticizing, yelling, and screaming, I reminded them of words that would send their kids beaming. At the end of the match, the end, the game or contest, they should tell their kids they love watching them no matter the rest. Since what parent and kid will remember more important than score is the time spent together, which we all wish was more. That was good. Yeah, I like it. The night, the night, a night's poet is getting, uh, their game is becoming more and more yeah. on point. Yeah, that one, that one felt, that one felt strong. That one was quick too. Yeah, and I, I, you know, we know they don't have these on file because we, we, it's not like we're sending off uh, topic lists to anybody before the show. 
We barely we barely have topic lists before the show. <laughs> we barely. I just show up. Yeah. Yeah, you show up. I, I start talking, and then in the middle I go, oh, no, I had this plan. I want to talk about something. Play an Aerosmith song here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and you always say, okay, <laughs> yep, <why>? got it. <laughs> just hang on. We'll get to it. It'll all work itself out. Uh, this is good news. Not as good as the Wisconsin coming in eighth on the U.S. News and World Report, but it seems that every other problem has been solved in Illinois. That's good news, wouldn't you say? Sounds and the like reason it. I say this is because they're able to turn their attention to important important issues like fuzzy dice and rosaries hanging from your rearview mirror. <laughs> I got to be honest. I haven't seen fuzzy dice. I had a pair of fuzzy dice like in my first car. I knew because, you did. I was going to guess you still had fuzzy dice. No, I don't have anything hanging from my rearview mirror. Um, but I do have I do have my phone holder attached to the windshield, which I just found out is also illegal. But uh, the Illinois House has put a bill forward that would give uh, that would not give police officers the authority to stop a motorist for simply hanging items like air fresheners, rosaries, or disability placards from their rearview mirror. Um, the measure passed the Illinois House uh, awaits an expected vote in the Senate. The law prohibits uh, such items from hanging from a rearview mirror or fixed to a windshield on the grounds that they obstruct the motorist's vision, and uh, they're very tacky. But yes, when I listen, I had, I had my first car when I was like seventeen because I had to drive myself and my brother to school, and my uncle had given us a car. So I thought, you know, back, you know, when you're seventeen, you're a dork, especially me. So I thought, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get some fuzzy dice. They didn't last very long. It was like, because they were in the way. But if I, I'll tell you what, if I ever got a 57 Chevy, like a big, uh, big old uh, Chevy convertible 50, I would put fuzzy dice on there. I'm not going to put it in my Hyundai. <laughs> that would look kind of dumb. I also miss the people who, this is, this again, Tommy, way before your time. The people who used to hang their uh, roach clip with the long feather off their rear view mirror nope. or their sun visor. Not for me. Yeah, no, me either. But that was that was another look, and it was usually people who had like an El Camino or a Camaro Trans Am, something like that. They'd have they'd have something hanging there, or maybe they'd put a Dream Catcher on there, and then the the Roach Clip would hang off the Dream Catcher. That was a lot of fun uh, to see. I, I haven't seen that in a while. And then of course the ever popular pine tree shaped uh, air freshener. Since I can't smell, I don't know if that works. You know, the but there's all kinds of air fresheners. I've never used one because it doesn't make any difference to me. But good news because now, oh my goodness, you can pretty much hang anything from your rearview mirror. It doesn't matter that people aren't distracted or their vision blocked by what's hanging from their rearview mirror. It's the fact that everybody on the road is looking at their phone texting or messing around, that's just, uh, you know, maybe let's focus on what's really causing problems on the roads, not uh, you know, not the fuzzy dice. My dog, oh, we got we to take a break, don't we, Tommy? All right, we got to take a break. We'll do that. But there's more. We got to go in a minute. TMJ Nights. Nights. All right, we got about a minute left. We got a uh, another text. Last year, I coached girls fast pitch, age 11 and 12. I had a contract that each household had to sign that they are my children now, or I will sit and watch, all signed. Yes. That's, people want to have their kids play. 
most people are going to be good. Some people are just goofballs, and they they just, I don't know. Who knows what's happening? Uh, baseball coming up. Hopefully, uh, you know, at least in the pros, if you want to yell at somebody, you can yell, and we've all yelled at an ump now and then. Or, uh, you know, just give them the, come on, Blue. So Brewers baseball coming your way after the news, which comes your way in just a minute. Thanks for listening and being part of the program. Tommy, as always, a pleasure. We will talk again next week uh, because we've got sports coming up all week here on WTMJ. Have a wonderful night. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later.